everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. Today, we are answering your questions. This is an episode that Daphne decided we should do to kind of celebrate our one year of the podcast. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun, Daphne. Yeah, and I'm kind of like surprised by the number of questions that we got in. It's, yeah. It's pretty cool. And, and they're, yeah, they're really interesting. And we didn't talk about our answers ahead of time. All we did was, you know, we each, ha- we have this document. We looked at it. I know what the questions are, but I just looked at them like five, ten minutes ago. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of, um, there's not been a lot of time to think about answers. Yeah, there may be one that I put some thought into because <laughs> there may just of be course. one, but we'll get to that one later. Yeah. So do we want to get started, I fe- You know what? I feel like we have to. There's just, yeah. Otherwise, this could be a four or five hour podcast and we don't want to do that to our listeners. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's been kind of cool, though, to be on a break from the weekly episodes as far as, like, what's going on in skating. Um, Gina and I did start, though, last week a blog at our website, thisweekinskating.com. And at the website, you can check out our blogs, which include news and items that are happening every week. So you can... Stay up to date on what's going on. I know U.S. Figure Skating has Governing Council going on, or it's just wrapping up. So that's one thing. We didn't want to leave you guys hanging on any news articles or things that have come out. So here you go. Yeah, it's like a show notes. So it Mm -hmm. has the links in there to the articles that we want you to check out, or and you know the news that's happening, what's going on on social media. So. Um, I wrote the first one and it basically is just a little intro about, you know, what's happening with the podcast. And then it goes into show notes, just like a regular show notes. So, um, yeah, so definitely check it out if you didn't. And blog number two will probably be out when you are listening to this podcast episode. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so I'll start with the first one. Okay. This is from our friend over at Skating Scores. So the first question is, what color hair do you each have? In my mind, I've already decided who is who, but if I was wrong, I'll be shook. I don't know. (laughs) I'm afraid to break it in case... If we answer this question, I'm afraid that they're going to be shook. (laughs) If this is not how they picture each of us sounding. But I have red hair. (laughs) So that means I have the dark hair. (laughs) So hopefully that doesn't blow your mind. Um, Yeah. yeah. And I don't think we're planning to change hair color anytime soon. So if you do see us in an event, Daphne is the redhead. Gina has the dark hair. Yes. (laughs) All right, Daphne, this question is for you, and it's from our friend Jennifer Como. She would like to know how and when did you get, when did you first get into skating photography? Okay, so 
I dabbled a little bit with a point-and-shoot camera in the early 2000s just for my own fun. I took some photos at the World Junior Championships, which was my first event as a credential member of the media. It was just a little point-and-shoot. It's not anything great. But it, I was getting used, I guess, kind of like capturing something in real time. I didn't have a DSLR or anything like that at the time. Um, I was at a 2006 Lake Placid event. And my photographer at the time, Michelle, had been in a car accident. And so photographing compulsory dances, which go in a circle was not something that she could really do because she had a concussion. She just looked at me and said, um, if you don't take these pictures, we're probably not going to have any because I can't really photograph the compulsories. And I took photos of, I believe it was novice silver Samba and starlight waltz. And I was hooked after that. Like, I loved <laughs> taking photos. And I had been to my first nationals that year um, as a media person. I did some writing for U.S. Figure Skating. And I also did some writing for IceDance.com early on. I was a writer. That was what I focused on. After that point, um, Michelle really worked with me. And I started to grow my photography skills. I think it was 2009 that I actually bought my first camera. Um, and then I started getting credentialed to go to competitions after that uh, to take photos. And the writing just kind of went by the wayside. I, I don't write articles that often anymore. I did write one recently that was about Selene Mazinge and Marco Garienko. That was a story that I really wanted to tell. So I was passionate about um, sharing it with everyone. So, yes, yeah, so it was around 2006, 2007. And the rest is history. After that, I just kept learning. In the first few years, I borrowed equipment from friends to do it. And then I rented some. And then I also finally bought my own. And the rest is history. So I've been doing it. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Let's see. So I started about 2006. So that's about 17 years. Yeah. It wow. seems like I just started. <laughs> There's always so much to learn. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, very cool. And I always remember in 2016 when you had that big lens. Yes. Yeah. That was an experience <laughs> to have equipment that was that expensive in my hands. I was so <laughs> careful not to bump anything and just took really good care of it because I didn't want to be responsible if anything happened to it. So I was just super careful. Well, Jennifer has one more question for us. She wants to know what is our favorite event that we have attended? Oh boy. That's a tough one. I have a couple just because... They're ones I remember for certain reasons. Okay. Uh, 2005 Junior Worlds, because that was my first international event that I was credentialed. 
I remember I didn't even have a laptop at the time and Tatiana Flood let me use her laptop to write and post some of the things I was doing. So that was great. 2011 Grand Prix Final, that was in Quebec City. Um, That was my first Grand Prix Final. It was huge. So incredible um, to be there. I, of course, you know, I love Lake Placid every single year. <laughs> um, and probably 2016 Worlds because that was a really huge um, opportunity to get to photograph the World Championships. Yeah. Well, 2016 Worlds is one of my favorite events that I have attended as well. And I'm hoping that I won't have to say it's the only Worlds I've been to. I know. Hopefully we will all be in Montreal next spring. Yeah. Um, But I think I have to say 2009 U.S. Championships, it was my very first competition ever. Um, My mom and I decided to go because it wasn't too far from us and I was not involved in any way with skating media. So I was just a fan and it was so eye-opening. I had never been to anything like that. And it was kind of the reason that I was like, okay, I need to get more involved in skating. Um, So I always look back at that event and I can't believe it's been years now. Um, um, So I'm excited that Nationals next year is in Ohio because it's not in the same city. But it at least it's just it kind of comes full circle for me um, that the place where I had my first experience. Now I'm getting to go back to that state and actually be in the media. Um, so that's it's, that's kind of cool. So but um, also another favorite event of mine was the one I just attended World Synchros. Oh, I loved it. It was just it's a, it was an incredible atmosphere, so I love to get to go back and experience a synchro event again. Yeah, I think we have a lot of fun stories for different things that have happened. Yes, at competitions <laughs> that maybe we'll have to talk about sometime, and we'll let and maybe folks can send in theirs. There's just especially with the U.S. Championships, mm-hmm. there just seems to be. It's kind of like homecoming for us yes. or a family reunion every yes. year. And getting together with people, there are always these things that happen, like the blizzard that happened in Nashville. <laughs> Nashville, yeah. 2022. Um, yeah, there's always something. So there's lots of stories. Yes, we always have a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we could write a book about <laughs> every national something yeah. happens or whatever, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so the next one is from Jorge. He's from Santiago, Chile. And wow. uh, hello, Jorge. Hey. He sent us comments before, so it's great yes. um, to hear from you. And he says, hi, Daphne and Gina. I would like to know if before this project podcast... If you were figure skaters or coaches, and how did you come up with this amazing idea of a podcast? Jorge also wrote, congratulations, because this is an amazing podcast, and every week I listen to it. 
Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. We're glad. And the fact that someone's listening in South America. I know. It's just mind Oh, just it's incredible. So. So, okay. So this kind of, this story has like two parts. Yes. Okay. The first part is when the pandemic hit, I was feeling really down because I, you know, we couldn't go to skating events. And I couldn't do some of the other things that I would do that always brought me a lot of joy. And I got involved with this group of Walking Dead fans on Facebook. It was basically a a podcast called The Walking Dead Cast. And this was the Patreon group. And everyone was just very, very close. And I had been in the Patreon group for a while, but I hadn't really said anything because... I was really busy. I was going to nationals. We were getting ready for worlds, like all these things. And so not knowing what was going to happen with the pandemic, I took the time to kind of get to know some of the folks in that group and got a little more active. And the people in the group, a lot of them were podcasters. And so it was something I was interested in, but I wasn't, it wasn't something I thought I would ever do. And I, out of it, I started my own podcast about monster movies, which has come up on some of the interviews on this podcast because I have some, you know, pop figures and things from different TV shows and movies that I like. Those are always in the background. Um, but I started this podcast with my friend Paik, and he was someone that was in that group, um, and it's called Run for Your Lives, and it's all about monster movies, creature features, disaster films, all stuff that I'm endeared to, I really enjoy. Through that, I got to do a couple of other podcasts, so I'm a guest host on a podcast called The Handmaid's Tale Podcast at Podcastica, and I also do Yellow Jackets WTF, so I'm on two TV podcasts, not at the same time, obviously. But fast forward, that's kind of the story of, well, I learned to podcast during the pandemic. Part two of the story is that Kelly Rippon, who's Adam's mother, did a bunch of Instagram lives over a year ago. It was kind of during the Olympics, before and after. And she was interviewing some of the people behind the scenes of the sport because so much goes on beyond the skating, there's also all these people doing different things. Um, she talked to a psychologist. She was talking to different skaters who had retired, but she also brought in photographers and media people. And so I did, I did it. Melanie Haney did it. And then Gina did it as well. And so our friend, Anne, said you and Daphne should just you know you Daphne you and you and Gina should just do a podcast together because you did so well on the Instagram lives <laughs> and so Gina and I kind of thought about it and then we had to come up with a name and we weren't sure <laughs> what the name should be and yeah it was kind of what a lot a thought process it was like yeah. March of last year and then we're like okay we're gonna do this are you sure you're in? Yes, I'm in. <laughs> We're both in on it. We wanted to do it. And so this week in skating started. Um, I only figure skated ever on frozen ponds in Maine. I never um, 
had any lessons or, or anything like that. And I wasn't a coach. I was just a longtime fan of the sport. Yeah. Well, a little bit too with the podcast, we were during the pandemic, a bunch of us, and we still do it, Mm -hmm. get on Zoom once a week. And we were just basically, it was kind of like check-in. How is everybody doing with the fact that you couldn't go anywhere? You know, um, how are things in your state and in your state? And it was just a way for us to stay connected. And I think during COVID, we got really close with this doing it once a week. We did. Now that our schedules have gotten a little bit busier, it's not, we're not always on, everyone's not always on once a week, or we're not always doing it once a week. Sometimes we have to um, forego a week of Zoom chats because we have a podcast recording at that time. But it was during that time too, we were always sharing skating news. And so that's a little bit of kind of how we said, okay, yeah, we're going to do this podcast. We're going to do the news. We're going to talk about this mm-hmm. stuff and we're going to do it in a positive way. So that was a little bit too of our Zoom chats. If mm-hmm. we were recording those, you guys could have heard, you know, some of the things we were talking about. It was always like, well, when's that event going to happen? Are we going to see so-and-so? Are, you know, is there a coaching change? We were always kind of, you know, keeping each other updated. And we still, even if we're not on Zoom, we have a group chat, a bunch of us. And so as news goes, we're sending news like crazy. And it doesn't matter what time of day it is because we're sending it and, and people are all over. But so that's a little bit there too. Our our Zoom really did have a, played a big role in our podcast. It um, did. I am not a skating coach, Jorge. Um, I did start. So my skating story is... Um, the local park in our area, um, they froze the tennis courts when I was a kid and I would go skate with my cousin up outside on the tennis courts. And then, uh, long story short, they got rid of that park and moved the park across the street. Um, they built a Walmart where the park, the old park was. Um, but they, when they moved the park across the street, they stopped um, flooding the tennis courts in the winter. So there were a couple years where I had no one where to skate. And one day, I think I might have been like 11 or 12 at the time, I was in Dick's Sporting Goods with my mom, saw a pair of skates and said, Mom, I want those skates. And she was like, I'll buy you the skates if you take skating lessons. And I said, Okay. So that's what happened. I bought this. We bought, she bought me the skates. I took skating lessons and I was taking, learn to skate on um, Sunday afternoons. My coach at the time was um, John Simon. He was a British gold medalist or something. I'm not quite sure. An older guy with his British accent. And I learned quite a bit from him. And then I obviously got older, college came, but I was skating with a skating club. Um, and I did recreational. I never competed. I did one-on-one lessons and I had, um, I did a couple shows with them. So we did like Nutcracker on Ice, a spring show. Um, but then of course came getting a real job and that got in the way of doing, you know, lessons every week. So I'm now just skating um, once a week when I can um, at the rink that's not too far from my house. And then 
that's only open in the fall and winter, and then they melt the ice to do a roller rink in there inside. So now I transfer over to um, another rink, and I'll skate there this summer until my rink opens up again in the fall. Um, but yeah, it's just for me recreational. Never was a coach, and but always loved skating. So yeah. So this question is from an anonymous source. I don't know who sent this question in, but how did you get started in skating media? You want me to go first with this? Why don't you go first? Okay. So I don't know if a lot of people know that my real job is in media. So um, I went to school for communication journalism, wanted to be the next Katie Couric. Now, when I tell that story, most people don't know who Katie Couric is, but she was the host of the Today Show when I was in high school. So that was my dream. I was wanting to do that. Um, went to college and listened to how my voice sounded recorded. And I was like, oh, no, I can't be on air. <laughs> and so it's funny that here I am doing a podcast because I do listen back to my voice and I'm fine with it now. I listen back to all our podcasts. And so I still wanted to get involved in media. Um, it was behind the scenes. And so I did like our TV newscasts um, at the college. And then when I graduated, I was lucky enough that I got a job at the NBC affiliate right here where I live. And I all behind the scenes, I was a producer. And I, so I produced our many newscasts. Um, and I did that for eight years and now I work for a Catholic newspaper. Um, so I'm still in media, but it was in 2013. So now I, I, as I mentioned, 2009 was my first experience attending a competition in person. So in 2013, I had said to myself, um, I wanted to get involved somehow. I mean, it was still, it was a couple years removed from when I went to um, Cleveland in 2009. But in 2013, I kind of had been saying to myself, all right, you had said this, you wanted to get more involved. You wanted to use your media background. Now do it. So I came across Figure Skaters Online, which was looking for volunteers to help out with that website. And so I sent an email and said, hey, look here, I have a media background. I love skating. And I want to just say the rest is history from there. Um, I did my, I was, you know, um, Leah Adams, who is the owner of Figure Skaters Online, got back with me. She started um, organizing interviews for me. I did in the first like couple months. I did um, Christina Gao was, I think, my very first interview. I did Rachel Flat. I did Jason Brown was like my very first interview. And, I, and I've told him that. So he knows that. Um, <laughs> and then it just kind of I got took more of a leadership role by like 2014, 2015. And yeah, it's been 10 years. Um, and I love that I can combine my love of skating and my media background. So, mm -hmm. um, and so I do media all the time and when I'm my full-time job, I'm at, again, a Catholic newspaper and then at night I'm working on skating stuff. So, yeah. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, when I started IceDance.com, I didn't 
really think about it being a website that showcased or covered competitions. It really didn't do that. It was mostly to host websites for figure skaters. One of my friends suggested that I start writing recaps or having photos and they offered to come to the competitions with me and take pictures and so kind of like Lake Placid became the first few events that we did each year. Um, and then my first like outside Lake Placid event I've already, I think, mentioned was World Junior Championships where I was a writer there. Um, and then the following year I went to U.S. Nationals and was credentialed, you know, for my own website and also to write some articles for U.S. figure skating. So that was really my first kind of foray into it. I didn't know if it was something I really wanted to do, but then I started to really enjoy it. Like going to Junior Worlds was a huge deal that really helped. It helped me realize just how passionate I am about promoting ice dance and the athletes within it. Because at the time, you have to remember, in the U.S., ice dance was not as successful. I mean, we had some great teams at that time during the 90s, even before the 90s, but all the way through up, you know, before things started really taking off. But we didn't have three spots every year at the World Championships. These are things that I have gotten to see, and it's been pretty fantastic. But I also have such a love for the the sport as a whole, so it's not just U.S. competitors. It's, it's all the competitors. I have an appreciation for what they put out there. So, I mean, that's kind of what happened. Um, Michelle really encouraged me to to start doing things because um, I guess she thought I would be good at it. So the rest <laughs> is history. I'm still doing it now. <laughs> and IDC will be 24 next month. So. Wow. Well, so. other question that kind of came in from this anonymous source is, what advice would you give to anyone who is new to media or wanted to give media a try? Ooh, that is a good one. Uh I haven't thought about this that much. Um, Skating media is such a small group of people. Mm -hmm. And over the last couple of years, it's gotten even smaller. I mean, just this year alone, we've lost two journalists. I guess um, my first advice would be to go for it because if you're really passionate about skating and you want to be involved in covering it, you should at least try it out because you don't want to look back and say, well, I wish I had tried that. Um, however, there are other little things I can say, one of which is make sure you understand the rules or the guidelines that go along with being part of the media because there are expectations for behavior mm-hmm. um, when you go to a competition. It's it's not it's not just 
you're a fan of skating and now suddenly you're a media person. It's mm-hmm. you have to take it seriously in some respect and you have to realize that when you're interviewing the skaters, it's very much about a professional demeanor. Mm-hmm. Asking the questions um, in a respectful way. Kind of, you know, suppressing that fan piece of yourself, I guess, so that you can, you know, just be really professional with your interactions with the athletes, not just the athletes, but coaches and other members of the media. Um, Because at competitions, it's beyond, it's not just skating media. It's sometimes reporters and photographers from like the Boston Globe or, you know, USA Today. And so just being respectful in the mix zone and, and knowing that, the mix zone specifically during the competition is for asking questions about the performance or the program and not like a full length interview. They're only meant to be there for a very short amount of time. So just asking those pertinent questions and remembering and realizing that the people around you also have questions so just being respectful of that time and space um and just you know really asking questions if you don't if you don't know something yeah i've never met anyone in skating media who wouldn't answer a question if i had one um just you know t- to help to help mm-hmm. me understand something if i didn't know yeah um I mean, things have changed over time. It's not quite as strict as it used to be when when I first got involved with media, but it's still very professional and there are expectations. I know like for USFS events, there are, you know, professional media guidelines. You know, it's as, something as simple as, well, you really can't sit where you know, where you can't sit and when it's appropriate to approach the athlete, et cetera, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think the ISU has some similar guidelines. Mm-hmm. It just might be different. Yeah, it's important uh, to know that. And also when you are wearing that credential, you're in that role. And so just act accordingly, I guess. But yeah. I, I would encourage anyone that's that's interested to do your research first and go for it because you don't want to look back and say, well, I wish I had done that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's important. And Gina and I are happy to answer any further questions if Mm -hmm. you have, if you have more. Um, Gina, what do you think about that? I agree with you completely. Um, when I, was credentialed in 2014 for the first time even though I had a media background I had never been in in with sports media at a location somewhere um so it was eye-opening for me and I learned right away um because I made the mistake of being down at a mix zone or in the media room and asking a skater to take a photo with me and Mm -hmm. I knew that was a no-no right away 
Um, and I got looks on it and I said to myself, okay, you've just learned your lesson. Um, and so that's one thing right off the bat is, yeah, you have access to the skaters and as media, we're fans of the sport. I mean, especially us who do this as a side thing, Mm -hmm. um, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't love it. But it, you, at the yeah. same time, we have to, as Melanie says it, kill the fan. Um, yeah. We have to. As soon as we put that credential on, now we're not a fan anymore. We're in there professionally, um, you know, asking the questions, being cognizant of the other journalists around us. So making sure they answer, you know, get their opportunity to ask questions because a mixed zone is not a one-on-one interview. There's others there and, you know, um, so we got to make, you know, you're making sure somebody next to you gets to ask a question. And, um, yeah, so it was open, eye-opening when I did my very first in-person media, um, experience, I should say. And, um, so I just... Anybody, you know, who is interested in skating media, as Daphne said, read the rules. I I made, that was one mistake I made, but I made another one because recording, you know, skaters out on the ice is a no-no too. Um, You know, I think a lot of people were like, why didn't Jackie post Ilya's quad axle? Well, because he can't. Yeah. He can't do that. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of rules to follow. And so it's a great experience being a part of the media and we want as many people as we can to watch our sport. So we need the media to help do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time too, we have to make it, we have to be professionals about it. Um, and so but if anybody is interested in starting something, you know, we would be happy to answer questions and, and how you can g- get to that point. Because it's not like, okay, I start a website and I'm going to be credentialed tomorrow. Oh, no, it's a lot of hard work that goes mm-hmm. into it. And then you have to gain the respect. It takes time. Um, it did not happen overnight. Um Fun fact, 2014, when I was part of the media, I was credentialed for the TV station I worked for. I was not credentialed for figure skaters online um, because I was new still. And so once I kind of became more involved and my name was appearing more with figure skaters online, then that's when I became credentialed. Um, Again, it wasn't an overnight, okay, um you're you you write a story now we're going to credential you it it's it's about they got to trust mhm it's a, all about trust so you got to gain a trust from an organizing committee from a governing body from the skaters um so um yeah it's important yeah. to to create cultivate foster mm-hmm. that relationship with the media people that are representing that governing body it's important to cultivate relationships with other people in the media yeah um gina and i collaborate we share the same photographer at some competitions um it's it's really just like creating this community Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely. think in the last couple of months with the number of media folks that have passed away, it's made us realize that uh, the group's getting smaller mm-hmm. and we need to continue to build that connection yes. within our, mm-hmm. within our group so that um, we can just check in on each other every once in a while to make sure right. people are okay. Oh, good. Mateo. Next question for Gina. (laughs) Have you started watching any of the TV shows that Daphne is a big fan of? Uh, The answer would be no. (laughs) Um, Not because I don't want to check out any of the shows that Daphne is a fan of. It's just I don't have time. Yeah. Um, It's... Uh, and I come home after work, it's, okay, eat dinner. I might go out and for a walk or two now that the weather is nice. And then I get working on either if we've got a podcast coming up, I'm working on podcasts, um, or I'm working on FSO stuff. And I'm working on two websites right now. So I am busy. And then I am um, one that needs to go to bed at a certain time. So I have to shut off my computer at a certain time. So I only get a few hours at night of working on my uh, skating stuff and then just to kind of shut off everything and kind of relax. So if I get maybe a half hour of TV at night, that's a lot. So yeah, no, it doesn't happen. But I'm going to try to watch maybe one of those shows that Daphne is a big fan of. I don't know which one to tell you to watch because... I know that you're not into yeah. the genre of those shows. Right. I did watch Stranger Things, but the problem is I live by myself. So I yeah. could not watch it when I was by myself. And that's like 99% of the time in this house. So, yeah, that's a hard one to watch. I know you're a fan of Survivor. Yeah, I have not watched Survivor for a couple of seasons. Oh, okay. I know you and Anne watched Survivor, and I have to watch Survivor, (laughs) so I've gotten one of your shows. I think it was during the pandemic I kind of stopped, and I think the reason is because I was watching Survivor, and they had all the winners come back, and I was so excited, (laughs) and then I just didn't like the season. Like, Mm. it wasn't what I was... It wasn't that I wanted anyone in particular to win. It, It just... I feel like the newer winners got rid of all the ones, all the winners are that we all loved, like Mm -hmm. the early winners. And I was so excited to see some of them back because some of them had not come back to play in any of the prior comeback seasons. So it was really a big deal to me. And then they were eliminated so early on, I I guess I was disgruntled. I'm like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no, I don't think I will watch this. So I haven't watched it since. So I missed the last two seasons and this third one right now. I could go back and watch it, but honestly, I, I tend to watch a lot of darker programs. Mm. Although I do know one show that I think Gina would like. Okay. If she started watching it, that I do enjoy a lot. Ted Lasso. Okay, I'm going to write that down. I know a lot of people have told me I should watch that show. It's heartwarming. It's about football in the UK. And 
I was a late comer to Ted Lasso. Okay. I caught up and got to watch the last couple episodes of season two as they aired. Okay. Um, and season three, I think, is the last one, and that's airing right now. It For me, it's must-see TV because it just is that heartwarming thing that you need in your life. Um, so I, I love Ted Lasso. I think that you would really like Ted Lasso. Okay. Mateo, I wrote that down. I'm going to try to watch Ted yeah. Lasso. Yeah, I don't think that you would be down for House of the Dragons, which mm. is a Game of Thrones show. I the told hand- you about that Game of Thrones thing that my coworkers made me do. Yeah. Like, it was the season, the series finale. Yeah. And they made me play, like, a Deadpool. Yeah. And they were like, Gina, just fill this out. And I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. I did to- horrible. But, yeah, they made me play that <laughs> without did- seeing any episode. We did one of those two, and I think the questions were, um, it was at the start of the season, everyone filled out, who do you think is going to die first? <laughs> yep. Yep. Who do you think will sit on the Iron Throne at the yes. end of the series? Yep. Those were the questions. Um, And I can't remember the third one, but two of us... Two of us said no one, and that was the correct answer, because in theory, Drogon completely annihilated the Iron Throne. He melted it, and Drogon is a dragon. So, yeah. And I'm sorry if that's a spoiler for everyone, but (laughs) series has been over for years, so it's like, yeah. Um, And I don't think that you would like The Handmaid's Tale, which is one that I podcast on. Or um, Yellow Jackets. Another one, though, that you might like that I don't podcast on, but but, um, my friends Paik and Rima do, is called Sweet Tooth. And that's on Netflix. I do have Netflix. And it's an interesting, it's kind of a fantasy show. It has light parts and dark parts okay. i think you'd be okay i think you okay. might like that one okay but those are two that i think you know you could all give right. a try to all right maybe this summer maybe yeah summer. yeah next question that mateo has which interview have you enjoyed the most okay on the podcast or in general because you know what mateo I've done a lot of interviews. This is a tough one. On the podcast, we've been interviewing so many people. Yeah. And a lot of it comes together organically. Yeah. I don't have a favorite. I I think there's, I've enjoyed every interview I've done Mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. It may have been, you know, I got a scoop on some big, you know, Thing that was happening whether it was change of coach or a, you know their programs for the season or um a new partnership whatever that may be um or then it might have just been just one of those kind of like reflective kind of interviews too where it's just reflecting on the season and and they may have just shared and been more open um i do i will have to say okay an interview I enjoy the most is an in-person interview. I like getting to sit down with somebody and talk. Mm -hmm. Um, I know our podcast is when we do our podcast interviews, it's via zoom, Mm -hmm. but, um, 
I like doing in-person ones, whether it be doing a one-on-one at Nationals or at Skate America or Stars on Ice. Um, but yeah, I like the one-on-one mm-hmm. kind of interviews. Um, so that's what I would say I enjoy the most. But but I you you wouldn't hear me say I I had a favorite interview. Never hear that out of me because yeah. there's something about every interview that I do that I enjoy. Yeah, I think with every interview I do, I think I would always say, well, the last one I did because it was great. <laughs> right. Because they just keep getting better. And the mm-hmm. more that you do them, you, the more comfortable that you mm-hmm. get to be with it. Yeah. And I remember something special about each one. Like, yeah. they'll be like, Nikolai, Memola. <laughs> looking behind me and, <laughs> and looking at my Game of Thrones pops or <laughs> interviewing Jordan, who's been a longtime friend from mm-hmm. back when he was skating to now where he is with uh, On Ice Perspectives and right. getting to photograph events with him. Um, that was a lot of fun. Getting to talk with Melanie just a couple of weeks ago about the magic of World Team Trophy. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Kurt Browning that we just had on to talk about his, last um, his final ice. tour. Yeah. And plus, you know, with Jackie, like having <laughs> Jackie on to talk about various things or, you know, Jason or there's just so many. Yeah. I think that they've all been really special. I think this whole first year of our podcast yeah. has been pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, just the opportunities that we've had and how things have come together pretty organically. Yeah. Oh boy. Gina, you better read this next one. I had a feeling that this question was going to come and I knew it was probably going to come from Mateo. Thank you, Mateo. But Mateo wants to know, Gina, which skaters present or past would be on a deserted island with who would I would want what skaters past or present would I want to be on a deserted island with the question that I've been asking all the skaters and actually he does want us both to answer this one so I did think about this one because I knew it was going to come up and I'm glad Mateo brought it up so here we go now I'm thinking totally of just a good time and just being on this island getting the opportunity to spend time with these people the first one is scott hamilton because scott hamilton was probably the one skater that really made me become a fan um of the sport he was my first you know introduction i would say to skating um watching him it stars on ice shows. Um, so, so much that I have to say this, I did my senior project on Scott Hamilton. It was like a series of projects you had to pick a person to do. And our English teacher told us you might want to pick a person who died because it would be easier to get information on. Nope. I did Scott Hamilton and I actually have in my, where I do our my our podcast from is my skating office. I have all my skating stuff. And the poster, one of the posters of the project I had to do with Scott Hamilton is hanging up on my wall. My mom kept it. 
and it has all his photos from the like it's photos of the olympics it's like this um it's got like a medal on it it's really cool um so one day and that i would love to bring the poster to the island and show him the poster i did with him um i have not ever i've not gotten to interview scott hamilton um i have taken a photo with him um that was actually at the 2009 nationals so um but yeah so that's one the second one would be dick button i just want to have dick button to just he's got the history of our sport um i know dick is now in his 90s and is not doing well but i just would love to when he was commentating just really get his take on skating and how it has evolved from when he won his two gold medals to now and just just have a good chat with him. I know he can be he was fun in his days, um, but yeah, Dick Button. And my third one, and again I'm noticing they're all male skaters, and that's just I don't know how that happened. Um um, but I would love to have, actually, so this is a two person because this is a team. I'd love to have Ekaterina Gordieva and Sergey Grinkov. I just love to bring Sergey back. Um, and just, yeah, I feel like we lost him too, too early in our sport. Um, and what they could have done, the two of them, what they accomplished. Um, but I just, I, I could see him just doing so much more with our sport um and I, he, he didn't get that opportunity so those would be my um my skaters on the island um if i gave it a little more thought there might be three different people but um that that was when i saw the question come up um and i knew mateo i had a feeling maybe mateo was gonna ask this i was like all right come up with three. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if somebody else was to ask me that in like two months later, I'll maybe give you a different answer. Yeah, I think I would give a different answer almost every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I think, yeah. I took a different approach to my okay. answer. I didn't go historical. I decided to pick three people that... I have known the longest in skating. Oh, okay. Um, and the first one would be Madison Hubble. Okay. okay. Yeah. I first saw her skate in person at 2003 Lake Placid event. That's the same competition that I also saw Evan Bates at. So he would be my second choice. And I feel like he'd have to bring Maddie Chalk with him. And my third choice is Piper Gillis. Okay. I, yeah, I have known them the longest in the sport, and it would be a lot of fun to just have a conversation about how skating has changed, how they have changed within, you know, the last two decades. Um, yeah. And I and I chose to go with, with skaters who... Um, I guess Maddie Hubble isn't still competing, but I decided to pick her anyway. Yeah. So, because they're like the, it. yeah, they're the people that I've, I've really known or was introduced to the longest, mm -hmm. you know, I've known them. Um, yeah, I think the, they would be the people that I, yeah. 
And yeah. I'd love to get like fashion advice from Piper and <laughs> Maddie. I think that would be great. So Yeah. Yeah. See, this is why this is a good question. Because you can give an answer these great, you know, you can think about it in so many different ways. And then maybe your answer can change if this was asked to you a couple months later. So, like, I yeah. always wonder if maybe Jason was thinking of some skaters in his mind and wasn't really sure if he wanted to go that route. But then when he actually gave me the answer, like, two months later, it could have been totally three different skaters he wasn't even thinking about the first time. So, but yeah, it's just fun. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to pick and kind of single out anyone yeah but stay tuned because that question is coming into season two of this week in skating Ooh, we're not yeah. getting rid of it yet <laughs> <laughs> okay so daphne our friend ryan of you know the skating guard blog who is busy writing books like mm -hmm. crazy yes. he wants to know if you could pick any music for your favorite skater or team what would it be? This was hard. So my choice would be this Canadian artist. Um, his name is Talk. That's what it goes by. Um, and he has this great song called Runaway to Mars. And I heard it a couple of months ago. A good friend played it for me. And I just fell in love with that song. And I just think... Maybe not a competitive program, but I think it would make a wonderful exhibition piece. So if anyone's okay. listening, I think it's, you know, a beautiful piece, beautiful song, um, great lyrics. The music is lovely. So that is my choice. Run Away to Mars by Talk. Okay. Well, for me, I like Broadway shows and stuff, so... Anybody does a Broadway soundtrack, even if it's a Phantom of the Opera, I end up loving it. So so I'm all about the Broadway. But one song that I have, um, and I know maybe some people may think, oh, this is not good. But I enjoy it. And it's not one that I think many people... It's a movie that people probably know. Um, it's from the... Remember the Titans soundtrack and Remember the Titans was in 2000. So I'm going back uh, 23 years and the song is called Titan Spirit. Um, U.S. Figure Skating has used it and I believe NBC also uses it at the end of the Olympics when they do like their credits. But it's it, like an eight minute piece that it builds and and then it gets into soft parts and I really I'll play it when I'm at the rink because I feel like when it's loud and it's high intensity I'm like really pushing myself and then when it gets low I just you know it it um I just take it down a little bit and with my skating and so I would love to see someone skate to it not maybe not a competitive program but just maybe a, a show program or something maybe someone has skated to it before but I, I like it so I think that's a great choice I need to revisit that movie so we are coming into the last batches of questions there's only a couple more mm-hmm Thank you guys for sending yes. in so many. This has been great to get to talk about some things that we don't often get to talk about on the podcast. Mm -hmm. 
So Ariba sent in a couple of questions. Just wondering if you've heard any rumblings as to where Skate America will be. There's a rumor the location will be announced on May 10th. You know, <laughs> part of working on the 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 shows, the podcasts that I do for the TV shows, is keeping track of theories and trying to unravel what's really going on. <laughs> so my brain just works that way. I find it really interesting that U.S. figure skating used y'all mm -hmm. in the message. I think it could be someplace in the South. I'm just not sure where. Yeah. Um, there are some locations I can think of like Alpharetta, but I don't think their rink, they may not have the rink to be able to pull off a Skate America. I think about me and Anne going to Allen, Texas for um, the Dallas Classic every year. And that's a really great location. The lighting is good and I think it's big enough. Um, Nashville is another one that mm -hmm. has hosted events. Yeah, it really depends on what U.S. figure skating is looking for and what the club can provide to hold this event so hopefully we'll find out it seems like when i understand may 10th yes may 10th is the day that u.s figure skating will announce it but they are giving some clues on social media and the one clue that i think we picked up on was the y'all yep. so um so keep you know, and I on U.S. figure skating social media to see if they give us any more clues. But yes, the location will be announced on May 10th. Again, just like everybody else, we've heard some rumblings mm -hmm. on where it possibly could be. Um, and we are waiting just like you for that day on May 10th. Yes. <laughs> that date and that news to come out. And of course, we will share it um, on social media. And we will make sure we include it in the very first episode of season two um, mm -hmm. and in our blog. So if you miss U.S. figure skating making the announcement, of course, we will have the announcement as well. So the next question is, have you noticed any trends in costumes? Simpler, more bling, current popular designers. Hmm. I think that Matthew Caron, who's in Montreal, is... Definitely one of the more popular designers right now. Um, I know that in addition to designing costumes, he designed masks in the during the yeah. pandemic. Um, <laughs> to match I, the costumes. <laughs> yeah. He also co uh, collaborated with Madison Chalk on her costumes. Like, she designed them and he worked with her on bringing them to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know he does... I believe he does more outside of dance too. It's not just ice dance. I think he yeah. he does some of the other singles and pairs yeah. as well. So yeah. that's as far as designers. That's who I think stand. You know, is usually top of mind. In the past, Tanya Bass, and I think she is still designing. She's out of New York. She has designed costumes for years. And has designed a lot of um, just beautiful, well-designed, well-created uh, pieces for various skaters. Mm -hmm. 
over the years. Um, I, I think there's been an increase in skaters in the costume matching the programs. At least that's what I think. I think the costumes are matching the programs and they, they fit what the skater, they fit what the skater is trying to put out there. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Daphne, because you pay more attention to it as a photographer when you're taking photos. Um, but have you've noticed, and I think everybody has, that the costumes have really evolved. They definitely the have. They're not, I mean, if you watch old skating, you see that there's not as much detail, not as mm-hmm. much bling. So, yeah, they really have, and I mean, you can tell from your photos, probably, if you look back at your first photos, you can see that it they have evolved so much they're so much, much more, more detail yeah they're much more intricate also i mean we've talked this season with skaters who you know costuming took different avenues like ava pate and logan by we had a great chat with them not for the podcast but just because we all were there in the same place at the same <laughs> time we learned more about the process that went into creating their costumes of a river dance and it's much more um involved than just Mm -hmm. picking a color dress and some stones like it it's just continues to evolve it's almost like everyone is trying to do one better on someone else like it's not a competition but it is like who's going to come up with the most inventive (laughs) costumes um what a couple that stood out to me okay laurence fournier baudry's skirt in itself the skirt (laughs) was incredible to photograph i'm still bummed that i did not see them in person this season so i couldn't photograph them um and their performance also um masato komatsubara and tim coletto their costumes for fifth element were spot on to what was in the movie like it really well done match really matched um i always enjoy what kaori sakamoto like what her costumes look like i just think that the skaters are putting more thought into it mm-hmm. i remember telling eugenia when the costumes for alexa kinnear and brandon fraser came out for their short how it matched the Stranger Things vibe. Um, Yeah, those are just a few, I think, that stood out to me this season. I think we also can't forget that now ice dancers, the women, can wear pants. Exactly. And how that has evolved a little bit, too, because we weren't, you know, in the early days wearing, you weren't seeing the women wearing pants in any discipline. And so now seeing, you know, pairs, teams, um, both with pants, you know, both in like a pantsuit and same with dance. It's just, I, you know, it's not just a black, you know, bodysuit. There's a lot of detail being put into these two. So it's not just the dresses that you're getting the detail, but these you know, bodysuits are really cool looking as well. Um, and so, and I like that 
skaters are embracing you know the body suits i know some like the dresses still and and some i know i can't remember who it was that said i prefer the bodysuit especially with the pairs elements mm-hmm. um so yeah i i've like i like seeing that how you know can it be a dress can it be a bodysuit you know and how what you, what you choose for a program um it's i feel like it's just um just as much time and um and energy goes into the costumes as it does the program. I feel like there's a lot of, you know, just as they're meeting and deciding music and the choreography for a program, there's a, a similar meetings happening about the costumes and the design and stuff. And it's it, a and it's package. Really cool. It's yeah. only a package. Yeah. Of, and it's part of the story. It's part of telling it. Um, I did appreciate, I think the first team I saw in like Plat, it was in like Placid, um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Kachenko, Alexei Kalayakov, she had this full red, yes. um, yep. bodysuit unitar. It just looked great. Like mm-hmm. it fit what they were trying to do. Allison Reed also had war pants in her free dance. It's great to see, for me as an Ice Dance fan, it's great to see women being allowed to make a choice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for what works for the program. And I think it's just part of the evolution of the sport. I hope we continue to see changes like this to allow for more creativity and also creating that piece of the puzzle that is more um that allows the story to be told in the way it's it's meant to be told yeah so this last piece is um just a comment really lastly thank you for running a clean podcast the other day i tried to listen to another podcast Within the first few minutes, I think I heard the F word, among others, at least 10 times. Appreciate you doing something in a classy manner. Thank Thank you you for that. (laughs) Yes. We want our fans or listeners to be able to listen to this with their kids around. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't want it to be something that you... I mean, we're just keeping it very simple. I can't say that on some of the other podcasts I'm on that swearing is not part of it because it definitely is, but that's because the subject matter that we're talking about, but in skating, we're just really trying to deliver things in a way that is family friendly. Yeah. Um, as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. We have one more Actually, two more anonymous questions. I think this is a long kind of question here, but what are some of the notable things you have learned so far, and are there any changes and or improvements you would like to make based on your first season of podcasting? Hmm. Well, one thing I'm going to say I've learned so far is confidence. Um, I've learned to be confident in myself. Um, if you were to ask me about this podcast, like when we first started, um, yeah, 
<laughs> I, I've, I've gained a whole bunch of confidence that I didn't know I had, um, doing this podcast. So that's one thing I will say. Um, but I've learned, oh, thinking about this one a little bit, I gotta think on this a little bit. Well, one, what I've learned, one thing I want to say in response to you talking about confidence is I've noticed your confidence improve oh, throughout the season. And I think back to my first um, experiences with podcasting and how I evolved over the first year. And now I've done been podcasting almost three years. And I think that you really just embraced it. We, <laughs> you know, at different times, I would have yeah. other friends listen to the podcast and tell me, what, what do you think? And they would give us feedback on the actual, like, not the content, but our delivery of the content. Mm -hmm. And we took that to heart and just yeah. continued to improve it. Uh, one of the other things that we did, too, was someone suggested that we do show notes. We implemented that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was a really positive thing to do. Uh, we have some things in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing, Daphne, that I thought about... <laughs> this is a funny one. I go back to our very first podcast that we did, and I've learned to make sure my microphone is on. Because, <laughs> fun fact for all you listeners, nobody really got to hear the very first podcast episode we did because I didn't turn on my microphone. And, I and didn't, so we had to do it all over again. And I didn't do a Zoom backup, which is something I do for every, for Run For Your Lives, especially. I do a Zoom backup just in case. It was our first episode. I just thought everything was going to work right. I don't know what I was thinking because I know, I know better than to not have a Zoom backup. And I didn't have one. And so we had to re-record it. And Gina and I both <laughs> feel that our first recording was better. We wish you guys yeah. could have heard it. Unfortunately, yeah. you could hear no my one... side of it, <laughs> but not you Gina's. You didn't hear mine. But yeah, yeah, so there's one thing I learned. Um, and then what was the other thing? I said the confidence, but I was going to say to um, talking more, just talking to mm -hmm. Daphne and not reading that's one thing mm -hmm. um we have notes here and if you could see us like on my left side i have our document up and mm -hmm. so sometimes i was looking at it a little bit more instead of really just talking to daphne and you know just saying what i wanted to say so i'm trying very hard not to always look at it or read it and so we're actually when we put stuff in now we're not putting in like sentences we were doing that at the beginning i was putting in full sentences and no 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 so yeah that was one feedback we got mm -hmm. from your friends daphne and just from listeners about reading so we are trying yep. not to do that some things just so we make sure we have it right I do read it. If it's yeah. uh, like, you know, some big a quote. news. If or it's a quote, quote. We are reading those. But right. yeah, that's one thing I've learned is just to have a conversation and just be like, I'm talking to Daphne if we were at an event together. Yeah. 
And that's what's made it fun. I feel like this season we've been able to be invested even more in the skating because we've been talking about it so much more. Doing a weekly show is really different um, than just, you know, interviews. Interviews, I think, are easier to plan and record and edit. But the weekly show is something very different because you have to stay on top of it. And one thing that I think we may implement or do more of um, is taking breaks and having other scheduled episodes to go because it's a lot to put together the podcast. Something that hasn't come up in today's question and answer uh, is the amount of work that goes into a podcast. It's not just the actual recording time, which is usually between 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on the length of the episode. We also have to plan the content for that episode. We have to edit the content. We have to do the social media. It actually probably takes us six to eight hours a mm-hmm. week to mm-hmm. produce this podcast. Yeah. So... Like, once the once you hear a new podcast, we've already started working on the next podcast. We have. So, like, prime example, we're recording this podcast, but we are recording another podcast in two days. Yeah. So, it's the prep for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when we do our regular weekly news ones, it's as soon as that episode airs, we then ha- create the document for that next week. So, it's... We're constantly going. It's we're never it's stopping. Non-stop. <laughs> non-stopping. Even during this break, we've been going. We've been I joked with Ryan um, in an email. I said, "Break." Daphne and I don't know the definition of no. the word break. <laughs> no, I. It's been great to utilize some of the things that I learned, like the document that we use uh, is a bare bones skeleton that I used. When I was guest hosting on another podcast called Panels to Pixels, something that Mark created. And so I took that, then I included some Run for Your Lives, like structure items, and we melded it into what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we both learned a lot. Um, in addition to our weekly call with everyone else, we have this. <laughs> So Gina and I've talked a lot. I mean, we've, we, yeah, we've definitely talked a lot about skating in the last, last year. I mean, we're yeah. into the seventies with the number of episodes that we've done. Yeah. Crazy. So, but it's been good to have a few weeks away from like the weekly yeah. news episodes. Yeah. yeah. We do have a document that we've been throwing in some of the things that we may want to talk about that have happened. Mm-hmm. Um you know, over the past couple of weeks since we've stopped doing a weekly episode. So we're, we're still thinking news and stuff too. So yeah, we, we never stop. No. And so the final question that we have is what can skating fans expect in your upcoming second season? season wow. Two. Um, we're going to continue with our weekly episodes. We're going to yep. continue with the news. We've gotten A lot of feedback from people saying how much they appreciate us pointing out things that they don't have time to go and look for. So we're going to continue with that. 
We're going to continue probably with the segments that we have set up. We may include some new segments, especially for the summer, but that is definitely going to, you know, continue. Um, we're probably going to start a Patreon at some point in the near future. Uh, we're working out what some of the perks will be for that. Um, we're going to do more interviews, I think, in season two. We did not. I mean, we've done more, I think, in the last couple of months than we did all season. Like, it's just been yeah, very frequent. Um, we're just setting up interviews. We have ideas for new ones. It's just trying to schedule. We'd love to do some more interviews with athletes that are overseas because we don't want to focus just on North America. We really want to be able to interview athletes from all over. I think we want to add more attention to synchro um, and some of the other disciplines within skating that may not get as much attention, like solo dance has become an international sport this year. So we have lots of great ideas. Um, we're very lucky that behind the scenes, we have one person that volunteers to help keep us uh, organized with some of the news. We have some other ideas on a few people that may be willing to help us for this upcoming season because it makes it easier for Gina and I because then we're not trying to coordinate everything because mm-hmm. um, it does take a lot of um, effort. I know I've read a couple of messages from people that have commented on they know how busy we are outside of here. Um, yeah. And they appreciate that we're taking the time to do this. And Mm -hmm. it's great to get messages like that because it reminds us why we're doing this and that it's fun. Um, Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you get into a grind of just trying to keep going, um, keep the episodes going. And for a long time, Gina and I didn't take a break. We just continued until we had to take a break because I couldn't record. Right. So, and even then Gina brought an episode. Um, But yeah, I think you can anticipate more fun stuff. We're going to continue to grow and evolve as we go. We'd love suggestions. If there's something you think we should uh, focus on, if there's a segment that we don't currently have that you think would be a good one, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You will get a response back. That's... You know, that's what we're focused on, too. We're growing our audience. We're both really happy with the way that things have progressed this first year. It's been bigger than we ever thought oh it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's just crazy. I, I have no words for it. Um, but, yeah, we also talked about possibly doing some video um, mm-hmm. so that you would see, see us. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, we're going to keep going with what we're what we've been doing um here going into season two but we've got we've got some ideas coming um we're excited to bring to the podcast um and of course you know we're going to be traveling to events so there will be the opportunity for us to do some you know in-person um recordings Uh, we've got to do that what was it, like three times this year? We um, did. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get to do that as well. Because um, the exciting part 
is the plan is we are both going to be at Worlds in Montreal next year. So, um, yeah, we could do our very first in-person podcast recording at Worlds. So Yeah. So we have lots so yeah, of plans. There is We're lots home. of plans in there. Um, so you just got to stay tuned for season two. I'm excited for season two because um, the first year was, you know, a learning. And mm-hmm. we, we, I mean, if I went back and listened to that first episode, or as I should say, the take two of the, of first, the first episode, episode We've grown so much. We have. And um, I think you should go back and listen to it just because it helped me to go back and listen to the first episode that Peyke and I did on Run For Your Lives. Because I realized that I I really came into my own in the first year and it helped me realize how far I'd come. And sometimes that's a great motivator. Um, But maybe I will do that right before we record the first episode of season two. I know it's coming. We're going to be <laughs> it doing is. it very soon. We'll probably yeah. do it the day before it goes out. So we're working on some things behind the scenes to probably launch at the same time. So, you know, stay tuned and thank you so much for your support over the last 12 months. We really appreciate it. Yes. Um, Gina, can you let folks know where to find us? You can find us at our website. It's this week in skating com. Check out the blog. Our blog is there and there may be some other stuff coming to that website in season two. So stay tuned. And on social media, if you're not following us already, please do Twitter at this WK in skating and Facebook and Instagram. It's this week in skating. We love your feedback or your questions. Thank you so much for all of these questions. This was a lot of fun just to chat um, and answer your questions. But if you have more questions, feel free to reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. As Gina said, we appreciate all your support. Don't forget that we are still running a contest for a This Week in Skating mug. And you can enter by just going to iTunes and writing a review. Yes. We've had some already. I'm really excited about it. You have another two weeks to enter. Uh, the deadline is May 21st. So yes. please get in and do that. We're excited to be able to do our first giveaway. And yeah, we look forward to um, many more in the future. This is, you know, still just the beginning. Yes. And that's one other thing we forgot to mention. There will be this week in skating swag coming in season two. So if you don't get to win the mug, don't worry. You can still get your this week in skating swag coming in season two. It won't be right when we launch, but we're going to, we've been thinking about that. So there will be swag coming in season two. Yeah. We're looking for the right platform to be able to launch it on. Yes. So we want to make sure the quality is good. And with that, we've reached the end of our episode, Gina. Yes. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a nice week!